Hello, you are listening to the C to Z of Movies. My name is Colin. I'm the C with me is Zijan the Z. Hello, Zijan. Hey, Colin. It's raining. No, it isn't. Right, it was. In fairness, we're in different places, but um, <laughs> <laughs> it's not raining here. Here in Bristol, it's lovely and sunny. To be fair, though, I think I feel like I've been talking about the weather every, pretty much every single podcast since it started, uh, since I came back from Malaysia. You see, you're properly British now. I, uh, I like cues and I like I talk about the weather. Yep. I still don't like tea, though. You don't like tea? So yeah. You, you, Do I like the royal family? Do I need to like the royal family? Um, no, I don't like the royal family. What about Marmite? Uh, you either have to love it or you or hate it. I can't be in the middle. There's your option. No, you're not allowed to be in the middle. Why? Why if I like it a little bit one day and will like it hate it the other day? No, it's not acceptable. Um, no, not allowed. You guys are so confusing. It's a tough old country to live in, but um, <laughs> you also need to know how many MEPs there are and uh, what I don't know the number of people in the Welsh Assembly and stuff. I know 1966 was important. And why was it important? Well, frankly, no one cares, Colin. I beg your pardon. <laughs> <laughs> then you won't be pleased to know that I'm turning this into an England football podcast. <laughs> no more well, films. It's just good luck with that. Talking to yourself, Colin. <laughs> Did you know that Steve Ball played uh, 13 times for England, scored four goals? You know, I'm editing this podcast, right? <laughs> That's gone, isn't it? Um, we are talking about Ant Man and the Wasp today. Um, Finally. Finally, after you saw it several years ago in Malaysia, yes. um, we're talking about the films of Simon Pegg. We've got a quiz on Mission Impossible and much, 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 much more. more. We start, as we always do, with movie news. Zijan, do you have some movie news? Yeah, uh, just today, the Academy Awards has announced that they're introducing a new award. They have? For Outstanding Achievement in Popular Film. And... They haven't explained any more than that, but everyone <laughs> everyone is leaping to conclusions, left, right and centre. <laughs> what conclusions have you drawn from that, Colin? Well, um, I've not drawn a lot, but there seems to be a general belief that, that firstly, that's an annual award for a movie that year. Um, I guess if I'm drawing conclusions, I was going to say the nominations will be whatever the top, I don't know, five or seven grossing films are, are that year, and then they'll say which one's the best. Um, but it could, but- I mean, it could easily be a... I don't know, give it to Tom Cruise because he's made great films over time and they've been very popular. Like, it could be a lifetime thing. I don't think it is, but they haven't said anything that says it isn't. Do you need an award for this, though? That's the thing. Like, a, a lot of people have come out on Twitter um, to to denounce this. Some people have said, like, you know, they already have an award for most popular film. That's the box office. Yeah, it's a, it's a big old pile of money. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much that. And, and you, you think what will win last year, pretty much, I think The Greatest Showman was really popular. Well, it's a strange, because I'd have thought they'd give it to Black Panther or, or something like that. Or... That was this year, isn't it? All right. So, I mean, for some, yeah, or Wonder Woman or something. Then, but um, mm. on the basis of it's a film that got a lot of kind of credibility and people loved it and it was very well spoken of, but it wasn't. Well, basically, it wasn't a drama because genre films pretty much never win Best Picture, whether it's no. horror or comedy or, or sci-fi or whatever. I mean, it happens from time to time, but it's very rare. Yeah, that's true. So, rather, yeah, I mean, as you say, on Twitter, people have been very anti this. Um, <laughs> it does seem a strange. Yeah, you kind of say we think a film's good, but not good enough to be the best, but have a prize anyway. It's it's like a consolation prize, kind of like. I think the, the only way it's good, and this is my theory. C to Z official official theory. I'm, I'm dragging you on board, even though you, you don't know what it is yet. Oh, okay. um, is that this award will be popular vote? I think it'll be a phone in. 
Ah. Uh, because, uh, I mean, that pretty much the definition of popular. And that at least makes some sense, but... I guess so. So, do they... I guess they'll choose, like, 10... Yeah. ...films from the... Yeah. And let people vote on them. Because I know, uh, I know they, they do that for the BAFTAs, I think. Or I think Rising Star, actually, is, is phoning. Um... Or, or have probably not a phone in these days, but or popular uh, is public choice. Otherwise, yeah. I mean, what what does it even mean? It's kind of well, because I mean, pop, most popular is not a subjective thing in some ways. I mean, you kind of I'll see which one made the most money, then you've you've got it. Whereas everything else is subjective. So the re I was reading that the reason why they were trying to introduce this war was that the ratings for the previous show was pretty low. No one watched the no. Academy Awards, and to be fair, even both of us who love film. We we don't even watch the Academy Awards. I just, you know. Yeah, I mean that's probably because it's on at like three in the morning, <laughs> and it's on a channel I don't have. But um, but you will watch football. It was at three in the morning, wouldn't you? If England was playing in the World Cup. Yes, yes, I would. Yeah. Um, which brings me on nicely to our next topic on this England football. No, I've got. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and so they've also said yes. We're going to cut down the runtime. And all these, this, this isn't the phrasing they use, but the prizes that no one cares about. We're going to, I think they're going to award them during the ad breaks, edit the footage whilst the program is happening, and then show the highlights at the end of the program. Which they, is very odd. They do that for the Tony Awards, I think. Well, see, I thought they already did it for the Oscars, to be honest. I thought they had a separate technical Oscars. Oh, thing. really? But I, could, I, I must be wrong. So must, maybe the nominations are done separately or something. Yeah. <sighs> I can I I can see two sides of this. Like I mean, I can understand why they'll choose to you know reduce the technical awards to private ad break. But yeah. you know, I feel very sorry for those people who work really hard in those areas and yet not getting those recognized just because hmm. they're not as famous as the ones on screen. Yeah, I reckon the it feels like they kind of put this out this kind of vague thing out there and to, and then they're going to gauge reaction, but. I mean, if it's more defined, if it's kind of best film with a budget above a hundred million, or I don't know, or something best blockbuster, best whatever, uh, that that kind of makes makes some sense. But it just seems very odd. Hmm. Um. Anyway, here we go. Um, casting news for Spider-Man: Far From Home. Uh, mm-hmm. Nick Fury and Maria Hill, uh, Samuel Jackson and Kobe Smulders, will be in it. Surprise, surprise. For those who have watched Avengers Infinity War, and yeah. for those who did not watch Avengers Infinity War, yeah. uh, so they kind of died. Yeah, they, you know? they died. So, they, yes, this could be a spoiler, or it could, I mean, I guess it could be a flashback or something, but, uh, I mean, yeah. I, well, Spider-Man died. I mean, well, exactly, that's the thing. I mean, <laughs> so, unless the, the whole, it's just going to be the adventures of Ned. The adventures of his friend Ned, just wandering around. Far from home. Far from home, exactly. He's like, where am I? Where's my home? It's far away. And then Zendaya could turn up and help him out. There you go. That's a, that's a film everyone watched. But yeah, I mean, Kobe Smulders, she's fairly cheap, I'd have thought. There's no, they might as well keep her on. Um, Samuel Jackson, I'm a little bit surprised he's still going for this. I thought he might have bound out at some point. Cause he, he's been in loads of these films, albeit usually for about 10 seconds. Exactly. So I don't think he minds doing it, though. I mean, I, I seem to get the impression that those people who do the Marvel films tend to love working for Marvel. Like, yeah, apart think, from Natalie Portman. Apart from Natalie Portman. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, and I guess uh, Terence Howard, but um, who was the original uh, Rhodey. War Machine. And got paid more than Robert Downey Jr. for Iron Man, apparently. Uh, 
Really? Well, apparently. So do you reckon they'll be in it a lot, or do you reckon they'll be a kind of a couple of scenes? Uh, I think it'll just be a couple of scenes. I, yeah. mean, I don't envisage them to take up so much screen time, especially since uh, Jake Gyllenhaal is the oh, uh, yeah, main yeah, villain yeah. as Mysterio, and uh, Michael Keaton is coming back as well, isn't he? So oh, he is, isn't he? And there's yeah. Ned. Let's not forget Ned. Um, He's far from home. They're all far from. They're all very close to home. Um, <laughs> apart from Spider Man, is off some of the other side of the galaxy. Ah, uh, got any more news? I mean, I'm sure you have. We've, you've only done one. <laughs> There's so much news. Uh, let's see. So, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon are coming back together. They are mm. for the first time since 2004. Is that right? I was hoping you hadn't. You'd be able to finish that sentence because I had nothing. Uh, <laughs> is that is that Jay and Silent Bob? I have no idea. I think Matt cameoed in one of the films that Ben was in. Okay. Uh, yeah, I definitely didn't do enough detail research. <laughs> I only did I feel, to a point. I feel they'd have probably both been in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. <laughs> so it's uh, definitive. Uh, what what film are they making, Susan? It's an odd one because I've not heard of the story before until you know it came out in the film news. But apparently, it's a story about a retired cop figuring a way to rig the system in McDonald's Monopoly game. Yep. And scam $24 million from plastic Happy Meal collectibles. The old story. Um, right. <laughs> that, when I first heard of that, it sounded quite ludicrous. Like, <laughs> So this this really happened. I, presumably, yeah. I don't know whether McDonald's would have to sign off on, sign off on making this film. Cause it's a big I, scam. Because I assume there's going to be quite a lot of McDonald's in it. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Mind you, I guess they probably didn't sign off on the founder, which is all about the founding of McDonald's. So who knows? Um, yeah, good to see them back together. Yeah, uh, I think Ben will direct and Matt will star. Okay. That's yeah. the current idea. Yeah, Ben Affleck's been a bit hit and miss as a director, hasn't he? I mean, Argo was, was fantastic. Um, uh-huh. The town was pretty good. But then I, I didn't see Live by Night, but I don't think anyone else did either. So it's like, nope. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, it doesn't have a title yet, does it? No, it's still too still early days. I mean, like the it's just that I know that the movie studio has beat out the rivals on the bit for this story. So okay, yeah. Uh, Brie Larson uh, is reuniting with director Destin Daniel Cretton uh, in a film called Just Mercy. Uh, so she has um, been directed by him twice. Firstly, in uh, Short Term Twelve, which is a fantastic film. And Glass Castle, which is not, it's on, it's on uh, Netflix now. It's not, it's not bad. It's just nothing much really. Uh, but Michael B. Jordan was already signed up. It's a film about a lawyer fighting for equal justice in a flawed legal system. Uh, okay. And yeah, I, I was very excited by the Glass Castle because Short Term Twelve was so good. So I was a bit disappointed in the end. I, mean, I say it's it's fine. Woody Harrelson's very good actually. Uh, but Brie Larson and Michael B. Jordan teaming up sounds like um, absolute dream casting. So I'm excited about that one. Yeah, uh, looking forward to that. That's yeah. good. I'd not, I think it's 2020 release, I think. Uh, it could be 2019. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, they felt like two people who'd worked together before, but I can't think of anything they've done together. So, um, I guess they haven't. Oh, I haven't seen Brie Larson anything for ages since, I think, King Kong. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, she, she had quite a lot. Of, I think um, because, obviously, King Kong had massive post-production, she filmed that a long time before, and then it came out not a very different time. She directed yeah. a film called The Unicorn Store, um, which starred Samuel L. Jackson uh, but although it, got, it went to I think it was Toronto International Film Festival some film festival rather um, it hasn't been released as far as I'm aware so I'm not sure we'll ever get that one I'm sure we will at some point hmm. 
I have more casting news. Oh yes. Uh so Jessica Chastain and Eddie Redman yes. are in talks to star in The Good Nurse. Okay. Yeah, which is an upcoming feature. I I, I don't think you'll watch this film anyway, Colin, because it's about a real life serial killer. Right. Known as the Angel of Death. Okay. Oh, which maybe. Eddie Redman is playing. I like and, it. I like uh, Jessica Redman. Chastain would play the nurse who helped detectives trap him down. The good nurse, if you will. Mm-hmm. And the other one's the bad nurse, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, he angels are deaf thing to think seem to think that they are the good ones, right? Uh, they are helping, well, so helping like, the good nurse then is is a is a subtle kind of which side do you want kind of thing, I see. Yeah. But is it is this sound like a film you'll watch, Colin? Because I don't think it does. Yeah, I'd watch that. Yeah? I don't I got no, no problem with a bit of uh, murder in my films as long as it's not a horror. Oh, uh, okay. Well, cool. And there's not too much blood. Um and you like both those actors anyway. I do, yeah, yeah. I, um yeah. No, I'd watch that. Yeah. Um more costume news, Rebecca Ferguson, uh lately of uh, Mission Impossible Fallout, is in the Men in Black spin off. Mm-hmm. She signed up. Um, which is looks shaping up to have a pretty decent cast by the looks of it. Yeah. Chris Hemsworth. Tessa Thompson. Tessa Thompson. Um, Emma Thompson. All the Thompsons. Two Thompsons. All the Thompsons. It's the Thompson twins. It's a Tintin spin-off. It's a... <laughs> Are they still making those Tintin films? No. I think it stopped. Uh, I know I saw the last one, but I can't Because wasn't that, that was going to be the first of a trilogy, wasn't it? Was it? Everything is the first <laughs> of a trilogy, Colin. It's true. But they had this thing. Wasn't it Peter Jackson and Steven Spielberg and someone else? And they were all going to direct one each and produce the others or something. Well, turned out he wasn't. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> Worth a try, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, Peter Dinklage. Yes. Uh, is set to produce and star in a film for about Rumpelstiltskin. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's going to be made by Sony. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, Rumpelstiltskin is a pretty dark story, to be honest. He's, yeah. What was it about? He 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 was it sold? Uh, well, not sold. He what was the word? What's didn't the word he, for he? Didn't he he st- turned straw into gold? Oh yeah, didn't he so steal someone's steal someone's child or something? Yes. Um. In return, because yeah, it's quite a dark story. <laughs> he he Spoil- turns straw spoilers into gold. for this centuries-old uh, fairy tale. <laughs> Yeah, he, he turns straw into gold right. uh, for this princess who was knocked in a dungeon so that the king will marry her and then in return she won, he wants her firstborn child. Okay, unless... Unless she uh, knows his name, says his name. So the spoilers in the title. We were, we were told it's Rumpelstiltskin straight off the uh, off the bat. Yeah. Well, uh, I would probably, probably not bother watching this film, I'll be honest. No, me neither. Uh, Robert Redford has retired. He has. Uh, a fine actor, one of the one of the greats, uh, often paired off with... I was often paired off with Paul Newman. They only did two films together, actually, but they're both brilliant. Um, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid and The Sting. Uh, he's been quite busy until recently, so he, he's got a film out at the moment, actually. I can't for the life remember what it's called. Um, but he did All Is Lost not too long ago. He was in a film on Netflix called Our Souls at Night. Uh, obviously, he was in uh, Captain America, um, mm-hmm. Winter Soldier, wasn't he? Um the candidate's another good one. So yeah, he's got a great, a great, long and great career. Um, has he? Has he retired? I thought he was going to do one more film before he does. Uh, well, I think I think he's got one that's coming out now. Ah, uh, okay. Out that's um, the last so, one. Was it the man with the gun or something like that? Yeah, she. Um, 
I saw the trailer a while back and it looked really good, like kind of looked like a return to his old school uh, quality. So I'm not, not I think his own is brilliant, but um, yeah, I think one of Hollywood's greats. Of, uh, all the President's Men, what a film. Anyway, there you go. Uh, he has, well, he says he's retired. How old is he anyway, do you know? Uh, I don't know. There's no way to possibly find out. Um, I'm going to say he is... 70... <laughs> you can start long enough to Wikipedia. Let's, oh, let's guess. I'm going to say 72. What are you going to say? Uh, 75. 75, okay. Oh, the tension of my very slow laptop. 81. God. Wow. There you go. Well, he's looking I good. don't think I want to work when I'm 81. A river runs good, through, of course. Uh, the Old Man and the Gun is his, his uh, final movie that is completed. Uh, so yeah, I'll check that one out. One of one of I say one of Hollywood's greats. Moving on, uh, people who say they're retired sometimes they come back, don't they? That so, is so true. But well, well done, Bob, as no one calls you. <laughs> well, I can't top that news with any of mine. No, I've got loads more. Loads what? more? So much How more. How much news do you have? Uh, they're remaking Inde- Indecent Proposal. Um, speaking of Robert Redford. Oh yeah, I saw that bit, but I've not seen the original film. All right, it's, oh, it's no, a about the original film, so I have no idea how to contribute to that. Okay, it's a weird old film. I saw it a couple of years ago, but um, uh, Woody Harrelson and Demi Moore are a happy couple, and then Robert Redford, who's a billionaire, or things, um, or I mean, millionaire at least. Uh, will you let Will you sleep with me for a million dollars? To Demi Moore rather than to Woody Harrelson, uh-huh. uh, and then it all plays out from there. Um, Animal Farm. Andy Serkis is making the film Animal Farm, and it's going to be for Netflix. So uh, good for him. He's obviously we said last time, um, Jungle Book is going to Netflix. He had some animals yeah. left over from that, so we knocked together Animal Farm, I guess. I think there are different animals in India compared to the ones on the farm. I think you might be right. Have you read Animal Farm? I have read Animal Farm. It's pretty good. Uh, let's say, so, oh, sorry, Mowgli, not Jungle Book. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, there's a Supergirl movie in the works, allegedly. Allegedly. And There's definitely a huge allegedly. Like <laughs> no one knows whether it's going to happen or not. Allegedly, add it, add it to the phenomenal list of DC films that are, <laughs> are in the works. Um, but apparently, the Flash movie has been confirmed, um, and even has some directors in place at the moment. I think. Finally, I, I think it's like the third or fourth set of directors they've had. You know, they should just sort these out first before confirming new films. Like I have no idea what's coming for the DC slate at all, no. apart from. Aquaman and Shazam because I saw the trailers for them, but if, yeah. yeah but if I didn't see the trailers I had, I would have absolutely no clue what is on the works for DC yeah because so Man of Steel 2 might be the Batman might be uh, Nightwing uh, Joker movie Jokey and Harley Birds of Prey uh, Gotham City Sirens uh, so yeah my point exactly is just one, one of them Wonder Woman 2 is definitely happening we've got a, uh, we've got images for that Suicide Squad 2, that could be happening. Goodness me. Anyway, add, add another one in. Uh, and what else we got? Oh, the biggest news of the Fortnite. Are you prepared for this? I uh, am. Um, yeah, my fists are clenched. Yeah, Can't okay, wait. okay. What is this? You know, we've been talking about the Sonic the Hedgehog movie with great excitement. <laughs> we finally know who's voicing Sonic, is the question that's been docking Hollywood for weeks. Who is this, Colin? It's Who is this? Ben Schwartz. Um, who you might know as John Ralphio from Parks and Recreation. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we move on then um, to your favourite segment, Things Colin Was Wrong About. Um, oh, I missed this segment. <laughs> it's been so long. It's been a while. 
in passing last time I said that the Star Wars casting announcement had not included Kerry Russell it did include Kerry Russell and here ends the segment um, we move on then again to uh, our famous segment to see or not to Z, where we talk about a film that we've seen and we tell you the listener whether you should see it or whether you should not Z it I don't know why that's the only segment I have a uh, kind of a rehearsed intro for. I have no idea, Colin, but I like the part where you say this, this was a famous segment. Like, famous in what circles? People are talking about this. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> at, at the water cooler at work. There was a, did you hear that segment? Zijan hadn't seen a film again. <laughs> that's what they said. <laughs> that's quite common. Yeah. Have you seen a film? I have seen a film. Good work. I'm not too sure whether I want to mention it <laughs> in this podcast. All right. Okay. Well, you're anything. So if there's a, if we suddenly jump to me talking about a film, you'll okay. know why. <laughs> I saw. You saw My Little Pony too. Goodness me. No, but <laughs> I saw Teen Titans Go to the Movies. Oh, that, I gotta say, I had zero interest in that, and I saw the trailer and thought that looks that looks brilliant. But I'm not sure I can bring myself to to go and watch it. <laughs> I think you should watch it. Okay. Because it's uh so Teen Titans Go. Is a cartoon series, an animated series, uh, which takes a very light-hearted tone. It's very, very light. Imagine, <laughs> imagine as light as you can possibly get. It's comedic. It's done I, for comedic. I gotta uh, say, as 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 you're thinking there, what's the lightest thing I can think of? And then you... um, it's like My Little Pony. Okay, I was helium. I was gonna go with, but sure. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah, that's true. Well, it it basically in the cartoon series, it goes, uh, it deals with what. The Teen Titans get up to when they are they are not fighting crime because so, they're basically teenagers living together. So for those who don't know, what are the Teen Titans? Teen Titans were well, they include sidekicks from the Justice League. Okay. So they include Robin. Yes. Uh, from Batman and Robin. Thank there you. Is, uh, <laughs> there's Starfire, who is an alien princess who okay. can uh, shoot beams. Uh, there's Raven, who's the daughter of a demon. Oh, don't just hate that. Uh-huh. Uh, and there's Beast Boy who can turn into any beast he no, wants I've heard this already but Beast Boy is hilarious <laughs> it's a great name and there is Cyborg who was in the Justice League in the Justice League film but he's a teen in this so he's now part of the Teen Titans right yes and in this film Robin discovers that he is the only superhero who does not have a film made out to, uh, made about him okay. while he was watching a film screening called Batman again nice with all the other superheroes so he gets very upset okay yeah and I think you should watch it because it's very 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 meta it's very very funny if you know a lot about DC comics and DC comic films as well uh, it takes uh, the make of everything of that. I, I heard that it, it goes in some very obscure references, yeah. Um, there, there, there are a few obscure references and there's a lot of music as well. So it's, oh, it's a musical. A musical. It? Yes, yes. They, yeah. <laughs> they, they, they hid that in the trailer, I must admit. Yeah. It, uh, they did. Uh, and there were three of us in the cinema. Okay. That day. Nice. Were you with anyone or you, you, didn't, you didn't make friends with them? No, uh, I, I was with my friend. Okay. So oh. there's two of me and him and one so, other person see that's my thing it, I, this looks fun and look, the trailer looks funny but I don't want to be the guy sitting by himself in a cinema with two other people <laughs> yeah, you I'll, should go Colin okay. when it's on Netflix I'll, I'll grab it um, speaking of which I watched a Netflix film last night called Like Father which apparently is the biggest rated Netflix film of the moment 
um, starring Kristen Bell uh, as a high-flying executive um, whose fiance leaves her at the altar. Not that they had an altar because they're getting married in some office or something. But anyway, uh, leaves her on her wedding day. Um, her estranged father, was played by Kelsey Grammer, um, turns up and they go on her honeymoon together. Uh, it is not good. Um, I don't know. It's one of those things that it's got, I guess, name recognition, and it got pushed quite hard by Netflix. So I saw it because it was coming from the main advert, and I thought, well, I thought I haven't got a film for to see or not to say. I better watch something. Um, it's basically it's a below average rom com, except it's not. Rom- rom. It's not a rom com because it's it's a dad, no, but it's got all the same tropes. So they. Yeah, they're, they're very angry with each other. Well, she's very angry with him. And then they get drunk and um, kind of make up. And then there's this dark secret. And then they go and do a karaoke competition together. And, yeah. Of course. Yeah. And you've got some kind of wacky sidekicks and things. It's it's not terrible. It will pass the time. But I was watching it thinking, poor old Kristen Bell. She doesn't get offered big or good parts very often, I imagine. Um, not, not in film. Like I think she does okay in TV series. She, she's in the good place right now. And oh yeah, yeah. And Veronica Mars was there, wasn't it? Yeah. But so yeah, people I, love the I good think, place. But yeah, no, you're right. I think as a as a as a film lead, apart from Frozen, um, which uh, no one knows it's her anyway. Yeah, I say I don't. Yeah, don't bother watching it. Okay. Good. Thank you. Uh, we move on again, as we always do, to our main topic, um, which is Ant Man. And the Wasp. I don't know why I'm emphasising and, but that's what I'm doing today. I'm emphasising the and. Uh, the latest film from Marvel. It's the sequel, I guess, to um, the Ant-Man. Um, directed, again, by the same director, who, if I speak long enough, I might remember his name. Peyton Reed. Thank you. Uh, starring <laughs> Paul Rudd as Ant-Man and Evangeline Lilly as the Wasp, um, with Michael Douglas playing Paul Rudd's... Um, oh, sorry, playing the previous uh, Ant-Man. Ant-Man and the Wasp's father. Uh, we also have Michelle Pfeiffer as uh, a previous incarnation of the Wasp, um, and all the usual background cast of Michael Peña and others. Yeah, um, as usual. As usual, we, we will do non-spoilers first, and then halfway through, we will start screaming like we are uh, having a fit. Yes, and that's when you know you should close your ears if you haven't seen the film yet. It's going to be so loud. Clo- yes, either stop listening altogether or close your ears um, and keep listening to the po- keep the podcast running. It's your cho- it's your choice. <laughs> I don't know how the the count works on our on SoundCloud, Colin. But I'm pretty sure if you listen through it, it counts as one listen. So yeah, we're all about the SoundCloud count here. That's that's why we're doing this. <laughs> that's why I'm doing this. <laughs> In which case, um, I feel sorry for you. Um, as ever, Zijan, tell us what the story was. So, oh, this is quite simple, actually. Uh, so, Ant-Man and Wasp played that's, by that's just, that's just I, I, that's the title, Zijan. That's the title. Angelina Lily. I've I've done uh, all this. I've told them the casting. That was my uh, off <laughs> to find her mum, who is lost in the quantum realm. Uh, she was. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much the that, gist of the story. That'll do, isn't it? Um, <laughs> that's it, right? And, really, right? Uh, yeah. and and the being chased by the ghost, who is in the trailers. Uh, who is a weird thing that can move through walls. That's in the trailers, isn't it? The moving through walls. No, she can go intangible and invisible as well. Cool. Um, okay, let's let's go through the cast. Paul Rudd, he's the lead. He's back. He was yeah. on, he was pretty good. 
Yeah, he's he's good and charming as ever. Yeah. I think yeah, I think in general, overall the acting is pretty solid because you they have a good cast there. Yeah, um, Paul Rudd. I think he's he's comedy is by far what he's known for. Um, this is more well. The previous Ant Man was one of the more comedic Marvel films. I think they're probably striving for the same tone. Um, he worked out a hell of a lot for the last one. He seemed to be. I guess he did for this one as well. Um, yeah, um, I felt. So I guess that the comedy didn't always land for me in this one. I think some some of it was uh, good, some of it not so good, and I'm, I felt some that a lot of it was kind of you'd have a scene and then Paul Rudd would pull a funny face. Or yes, I felt yeah. the same way as well. I thought the humor was all over the place. The like, I mean, some of the bits it felt very forced. Yeah, it's almost kind of like we need a joke here, and so the joke is going to be Michael Douglas will talk about science, and Paul Rudd will say, "Yeah, I know what you mean." And and that I'm sure they did that that joke two or three times. Um, yeah, I don't think it worked. Like in the no. in the first film, it, it definitely felt funnier. This film, it definitely felt very forced. Yeah, and it's because the some bit I think Paul Rudd's a very very gifted comic actor. Um, exactly. Michael Pena is is hilarious, and and in fairness, he. Well, in fact, let's talk about so Michael Pena. Last time, one of the best bits I think was him doing this this kind of story where he was voicing all the parts, and so he kind of said, and she said to me, and I said to her, and he and, he, and you, you'd see those scenes being played out, but with Michael Pena's voice, and it was that doesn't do it justice. It was hilarious. Um, this time, we get exactly the same thing, um, and this time round, also just like the humor, I felt it was forced because the 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 scenario the scenario that got him into that long speech in the first place. It just came out of nowhere. Yeah, uh, like like it felt like that scene was created so that he can have this long monolo- monologue. Yeah, it, clearly. Like what worked last time? Let's do that. Like, I'd be interested to see the time codes because I reckon it probably hit around the same time mark as well. But it, it reminded me of um, of X Men Apocalypse, where there was a really great Flash scene, um, not a Flash, a uh, Quicksilver scene mm. uh, in Days of Future Past. And they're yes. like, well, let's do exactly the same thing again, um, and so they, and they're kind of diminishing returns because we've seen it. So it felt, again, it was, it, I think if that was the first time I did it, I think it was hilarious. But you're kind of just mm. sitting there thinking, well, okay, you've done that joke. Uh, he's still, and one of the things they also did from the last one is a lot of the funniest jokes in the trailers weren't in the film, which I thought was a bit odd. But um, mm. so one of Michael Pena's best lines uh, didn't make it. So, so yeah, actually, um, I'm jumping around a bit, but um, Randall Park I thought was very funny. So he played um, the kind of head, was he FBI or detect, some detective? Um, yeah. So my favourite comic scene was him and Paul Rudd bouncing on top of each other towards the end. Uh, I thought that was hilarious. Not really believable that a man like that would rise to the o- the office he had. But, uh, no, no. Uh, his, his, uh, yeah, again, his character was added in. Just for the comic relief. Yeah, he's kind of a bumbling detective, but it, yes, it didn't make so much sense. But I actually thought he was he was very funny, which didn't always happen with the others. Um, mm-hmm. uh, let's go, Evangeline Lilly playing the Wasp, the first uh, female superhero to be in the title of a uh, MCU film. This is the twentieth MCU film, isn't it? Uh, it is. Yes. Wow. Yes. Uh, so obviously we're getting Captain Marvel next year and, and, and even this year's a bit of an, an afterthought I guess the Wasp but she she had plenty to do but um, yeah it took them a while didn't it uh, <laughs> much much better hair in this one uh, definitely better yeah. than the bob she did, had for the last film I really didn't like that part they even made a joke about the hair she had in the last one which <laughs> I think, I think uh, probably not alone 
Yeah, she was fine. Wasn't she? Oh, she was... Well, I mean, you have Paul right there doing on the comic scenes. So yeah. she had to do. She had to play the straight man. Yeah. The straight woman yeah. to him, uh, unfortunately. But I think she did well. I mean, um, she 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 she's very capable in the action sequences. I would say. Yeah, although well, I'm not sure how much that was her, but uh, <laughs> no, because she's yeah in the suits most of. Yeah, um, I think they did a lot. What they had in the last, maybe not as much as in the last one, but where kind of she's just like Paul Rudd says something and then she looks at him sarcastically because he's being an idiot, mm. and, and a lot of it seemed to be just him being an idiot and her like what are you doing, um, which I guess that's the classic comedy straight person double act, isn't it? So far, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, what's we got? Michael Douglas. He's has gone in and collected his paycheck and come out again. Yep, uh, probably a lot of money as well. He's solid. Like I mean, like I can't, I can't fault him. No, I mean he's he's as been around the block. Actor. He's got an Oscar. He knows what he's doing. Uh, yeah, but I don't. I can't imagine he watches MCU films in his spare time. Um, in fact, no. other than perhaps, I could see maybe Paul Rudd throwing on a. An Avengers film, but um, even that I'm struggling to see. To be honest, I think I don't know, there are some of these films. You think they're made by people who love these films, who love comic books, who grew up reading comic books. I, I don't think anyone in this film grew up reading comic books. I wouldn't have thought. No, um, and if he did, I don't do not think he would like to play the role of Hank Pym anyway. Sure. Mean, yeah, Hank Pym doesn't have the best comic book history. Isn't he a domestic abuser? He is. Yeah. I can't, I don't think Marvel's going to put that in. Um, no, he 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 is in the in the comic books. Uh, I think they they uh they don't go into it anymore. But no. he was quite bad to Janet hmm. in the comics. Yeah. Speaking of him, Michelle Pfeiffer. Um, I don't think it's really spoilers to say that we <laughs> we see Michelle Pfeiffer as the Wasp because yeah, uh, we all know. Um, she looks great though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer. Honestly, she looks great. Again, I don't think she cares about this stuff. Um, it's one. Of, I mean, she she does. She did the job fine, as you'd expect from Michelle Pfeiffer. Of course, she can. Um, but again, she doesn't care about these comics. I think if you asked her to, I, I saw I saw a. Um, well, you know, it seems to be a, for all these Marvel films, a lot of the kind of interviews are like, "Let's play this game. Let's do this." And they had this thing where they um, they asked them to identify the MCU film from a really small picture, kind of uh-huh. thing. And it, it wasn't Michelle Pfeiffer, but Michael Douglas was one of them. And he's like, I don't know the fifth names of these films. <laughs> he's like, okay, play the game, buddy. But, um, <laughs> but again, I think I'm sure they're both very glad to be in a high-profile film that's going to pay them a lot of money. But it, uh, it wasn't the best role for her, was it? She basically just had a lot of jargon to spout. I, I imagine she'll be back for more in Ant-Man three if that ever happens. But uh, yeah, let's see. It wasn't the greatest acting challenge she'll ever face um, no no uh, we had Lawrence Fishburne playing Goliath yeah making him one of the few actors who stars in a DC and a Marvel film. oh yeah he's Perry White isn't he mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and he had almost as much to do in this as he did as Perry White <laughs> exactly uh, I yeah again um, this is going to be an issue throughout this like um, when I was watching this film the the cast I mean the acting is good it's very very solid it's it's yep. just very good acting it's just that there are so many characters so so many characters and Lawrence Fishburne's character is one of them that I don't think is necessary for the film to progress in any way no I mean it was a nice nod uh, to kind of comic book history because Goliath's a big part of all that I guess um, I've, yeah. I've heard rumours that they're 
wife had rumors. Lee told me um, from work that uh, there's some group I can't fly from the, what they call the Thunderbolts. Um, is he involved with that? Maybe not. Uh, Goliath got killed in the comic books by a tour made by Fanta- Mr. Fantastic. In the Civil during, War? Uh, during the Civil War series. I've, I've read that, yeah. yeah. Mm. Anyway, so th- there was some kind of thing that maybe he's being introduced so that he can be part of something else later, but um, no, Thunderbolts or something else. That was, that was Ghost, actually. Uh, oh, Thunderbolts is like the Suicide Squad of Marvel. Okay. Mm. So Ghost, um, I, I didn't write down the actress's name. I've never seen uh, her. Hannah John Kamen. Thank you. Um... I think Ghost is in the Thunderbolts in some iterations, maybe. Anyway. Yeah, well. I thought... So you say that um, Goliath was pointless, and I, I can't really disagree with you. I thought Ghost was pointless, actually. I noticed she's the main antagonist in this film. But as you said... A lot really? Of this, was she, though? Well, that was, uh, on paper. Um, mm. But the, as you say, a lot of this film is about trying to get Michelle Pfeiffer out of the quantum realm. Um, exactly. And... Whilst they're trying to do that, they're being chased by the feds. They're being chased by some guy played by Walton Goggins, who's after them for reasons I can't quite remember. Um, and they're being chased by a ghost who wants to steal the power from the quantum realm to cure herself. And they don't need to be chased by three lots of people. Um, and there's, there's no need for ghosts to be in this film. I think just I don't no, just just for some cool looking fight scenes. Uh, yeah, and and they were pretty cool, but. I don't think Marvel is... Apart from Civil War, to a certain extent, um, there's always this belief they have to have kind of a main villain in this film. Mm-hmm. And, I think, and I've said for some time, you don't need a film with that structure. Like a comic book film doesn't need to be, I'm the good guy, look, there's a bad guy, ah, they're conflicted, actually, they've got a good reason for doing what they're doing, but let's fight them. Um, and I won't... We're going to spoilers, but the, the, the storyline of Ghost was so uncompelling. It was clearly just a... Wouldn't it be fun to have her in action scenes? And it was. It felt tacked on. Yeah. And to, the performance, I thought, was a bit hit and miss as well. I thought the first scene we saw her was quite interesting because she was playing something I hadn't seen before, but then she just the character just seemed to be all over the place to me. Mm. Didn't seem to be consistent at all. And, uh, well, I guess I'll get into spoilers um, later. Uh, to action scenes, what, what, what do you think? Uh, my issue with the action scenes is that most of the most compelling action scenes the good ones I've already seen in the trailer yeah exactly yeah yeah everything I've seen in the trailer came you know I mean all the good parts I thought there would be more yeah and there wasn't there wasn't anything extra that made me want to like oh that that's really cool wow I didn't see that everything yeah was in the trailers oh. and that disappointed me so much. I absolutely agree because what's the Because yeah, uh, for those people who haven't seen it, Ant Man the Wasp, not, as well as getting small, they can also get big and they can kind of jump back and forth at will, pretty much, um, with with their suits. And they had all these kind of really cool things where yeah, the, the cars getting really small and then getting really large and knocking another car over. Or just kind of there was a great one with Wasp is fighting people in a car and she's kind of getting big, small, big, small, big, small. But yeah, all of it was in the trailer. And you're watching this film, thinking, oh, there's n- there's nothing I haven't already seen, even. Yeah, some really cool bits of when Paul, yeah, Ant Man gets really big and, and kind of rides the truck as a skateboarder, or, or effectively. But yeah, every good action beat had hap- was in at least one trailer. It was. Yeah. And it was oh, it was so upsetting. Because in the first film, I, I like how they played with the different perspectives. And, you know, when Ant Man was going small and fighting on Thomas the Tank Engine, mm. I thought that mm. was brilliant. And they didn't have that in this film. Maybe they're thinking of trying something different, but. It just didn't feel 
the same. Yeah, I had that big Pez dispenser that got spoiled some time ago. Had a running <laughs> running on knife in the kitchen, making a salt cellar huge. Everything was in the, in the trailers. Yeah, I can't think of a single memorable action moment that wasn't wasn't That's already it. in it. Which I mean, the job I suppose it's weird because the job of a trailer is to get people to watch the film. Uh, so I get that, but save something, hold something back, and not just. I know maybe they think, oh, as long as we haven't spoiled the plot, we're fine. Um, but no, it's it's, it's, it's a real enough. shame. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, I think having watched Mission Impossible last time, um, some of the action here felt really quite bad. I think by comparison, so particularly um, there's a scene where Wasp is fighting Walton Goggins and his mates. And I was watching that scene, thinking this all looks CGI and fake, and maybe there's some bits real, but it's all kind of fairly standard action movements. But it doesn't feel like it's real. Whereas you compare it to like the bathroom fight scene in, in Mission Impossible with Henry Cavill, Tom Cruise, and yeah. I'm sorry, I can't remember the name of the other actor, but um, that just felt so... Visceral. Yeah, yeah, visceral, yeah. And uh, this this and just felt so kind of bland, really, in comparison. I think it's a shame as well, because Ant-Man and Wasp came out after Mission Impossible in the UK. Yes. Whereas yeah, in the yeah. US, it came out before Mission Impossible. That's true, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the comparisons are in- inevitable. And uh, I, just, I was just so, uh, so disappointed. Yeah. So, uh, what else we got here? Um, blah, blah. Oh, some of CGI. So um, we saw young uh, Michael Douglas again. We saw young Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh, they felt, I don't know, good. I think a little, maybe not quite as good as we've seen before. I think well, I still think Robert Downey Jr. in Civil War is the best we've seen. Um, mm. Well, yeah, but it's, yeah, it's quite impressive though. And uh, in Captain Marvel, they're going to youngify. Uh, Nick Fury as well anyway yeah and, and maybe even Clark Gregg uh, Coulson but, um, yes yeah they're youngifying them I'm well, going to use that as a name youngify fair enough youngify um, everyone else is saying de-age but you're going to say youngify that's mm-hmm. why not eh? yeah it's weird because I, I, it's one of the things that if I didn't know would I would I figure that out and I think probably yeah I mean, Michelle's five from Digger looked very smooth I thought <laughs> um, actually I was watching uh, they had a, a young uh, Goliath uh, young Lawrence Fishburne's character, and I looked and I think, wow, that, okay, there's, there's, I wasn't sure what the others, but they've really nailed that. That looks really real. Um, turns out, played by Lawrence Fishburne's son. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's that's why. Uh, uh, I've written down Judy Greer here. I like Judy Greer, but she wasn't given much to do in this. And I, no, neither was Bobby Cannavale. No, and they're both good I mean, actors. Uh, mind you, they didn't get that much to do in a lot. Fact, again, I, so many, so many characters. People. Yeah. So um, many cats. Uh, and G- well, we haven't talked about Walter Goggins, right? No. no if I, um, so I just said, Judy Greer is one of the ones where I thought the humour didn't land. She, she had this kind of bit about the police weren't allowed to search the place, and I, oh. and it turns out they were. And I thought that was building up to something quite funny, but the, the editing around that was very weird. Uh, yeah, Walton Goggins, he plays a baddie. What's he doing? He's trying to steal a briefcase or something? or he's, Sell a briefcase? Cares, or, uh, yeah. he's, he just wants money, and he wants technology to sell for money. And yeah. that's it. Yeah, so uh, if you're not going to get rid of Ghost, get rid of him. Um, there's no point. Uh, still, he was better than uh, better than in Lo- Tomb Raider, right? <laughs> uh, it, was uh, nice to, it was nice to see Fran- San Francisco. I'm a, I'm a man who travels. He's not a man of the world. I get around. Uh, I've been to San Francisco. Okay, good for you. <laughs> As I was watching, I thought, oh yeah, I've been there. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, we've clearly been running out of things to compliment this film about. <laughs> we haven't even complimented much about this film, to be honest. No, but it's good, um, good use of stuff. Actually, I did like the fact there wasn't a big fight on the bridge because usually when you go to San Francisco, you end up having a big fight on the bridge. So that was good. Well, so, what the good thing about this film is that something that has it's not happened. It's not, yeah, th- thanks for yeah. not destroying the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah, I'm glad they do not have, you know, the same mother's name. Yes, that's that is. Actually, um, oh, I'll come with that. Actually, uh, to, I don't know. This felt more kid oriented than some to me. Maybe, I don't know whether you felt, felt that. I mean, obviously, there's a bunch of superhero films, so they're all trying to get kids in. But this this felt like it was skewing younger to me. Yeah. I, I think after, especially this year for Marvel, the grand scale of Black Panther, yeah, and especially Avengers: Infinity War, yeah, this feels very 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 small scale like the stakes felt so low in uh, comparison yeah and i think that I was think, deliberate yeah i was still yeah and i can understand why they needed a change in tone but you could i think part of you know why i felt this film is not as good is because i think the expectations set from avengers infinity war somehow carried on okay into this and that's why it felt like a downer in this. It did, although I liked, I mean, there's, I think there's been quite a lot of made of the fact that it's a smaller film and had some probe because they're ants. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I like the fact that it's not the universe is going to end in every film. Um, I do like that bit, yeah. Because I mean, even Black Panther was all about really just people who's going to run a country. But because you had a villain with a proper storyline and a great actor, and mm. yeah, it was very compelling. And yeah, obviously it wasn't going for humor; it was going for other stuff. But it was much more compelling film than than this, which is, I think, does yeah, as you say, designed to be smaller and kind of just a more more comic, more light. But you need if you're going for comic, you need to be funnier. <laughs> yeah, I, I I agree. It just wasn't funny. I think there was only one joke which I laughed out loud at, but that's about it. I laughed out loud, which I don't often do at the cinema. Uh, that was in the that was in the Paul Rudd Randall Park scene. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, one of the things I was hoping for in this film was that there wouldn't be as many ants. Um, I know it's called Ant Man, but in the previous film, for those who haven't seen it, as well as shrinking the size of the ant of an ant, he can also con- effectively control ants with his mind. I'm sure they've got a scientific reason for that, but that's basically what he's doing, telling ants what to do. Um, we got quite a few ants. <laughs> uh, we have Ulysses S. Grant Ant. Yes. Antonio Banderas, yep. um, but yeah, as, as, I mean that's how Ant Man gets around by riding a flying ant um, because he doesn't have wings. He doesn't have wings. Don't want you to just build some wings, but there you go. Um, and we have ants that are made kind of human size as well, because why not? I, at least I didn't spend quite so much time with him training ants and stuff, which was a, a downside of the previous one. I thought. Hmm. So yeah, overall, you know, uh, so I feel like I'm running out of things that are non-spoilers. I don't know about yeah. you. I can tell you what I like about the film. Oh yeah, what I actually like. I do, I actually do quite like the relationships, the familial relationships in the film. Hmm. I thought I quite like the relationship between uh, Hank, uh, Hank, Janet, and Hope. I thought hmm. they make a good family. You know that you can tell that they like each other a lot. And I like the relationship between um, Scott and his daughter, and even like um, his ex-wife's yeah. partner. I thought it was really well done. Like it felt like a good family. It felt like. A good relationship that they have, and uh, yeah. the, the kid who plays his daughter is excellent. Yeah, and there's a lot about daughters, aren't there? Because obviously, Hope is 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 pining after like trying to find her mother. You say so you mm. got 
um, Paul Rudd's kid. Uh, even Ghost is, yeah, kind of got this storyline about her relationship with her parents who, who died. That's probably a spoiler, but who cares? Um, <laughs> no one cares about ghosts. No. So, yeah, I, I, I agree with you there, actually. I, like, I think I, I, things like when in uh, Ultron, when we had kind of Hawkeye's wife and kids, I thought that was a really nice um, addition. So it's nice to kind of have those kind of characters. Yeah, I think so, too. Like, in all the other Avengers films, you don't get this kind of no no you, you can't you get obviously some romantic things but you don't get the kind of family and that, I guess that's why both Hawkeye and Paul Rudd Paul Rudd actor Paul Rudd Ant-Man um, weren't in Infinity War they had this thing about them being under house arrest but they didn't really go into it then but it's because they're families they want, yeah they've got families and the, and the other guys in the Avengers don't have families and not uh, because the script wanted them to nothing to do with that at all <laughs> Uh, okay, so yeah, overall I thought it was quite fun, but it's one of the more forgettable. Uh, it's probably Marvel one films. of the weaker MCU films. Yeah, yeah. Hey, but Evangeline Lee's hair much better. Um, Love her hair. If you take nothing else away from this, Paul Rudd's hair, pretty much the same as it always is. Actually, if you think about it. <laughs> Shall we go to spoilers? Spoilers! 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 Right. Is there much to spoil? Um, uh, well, they find they Michelle Pfeiffer, astonishingly. Uh, I think there's more to discover. So she's been in the quantum realm for 30 years and has yet uh, somehow not gone insane. Um, she did she had a little bit about how time works differently there, so I don't know if they're trying to explain that away. And again, Lee, who knows more about these things than I do, reckons that there's loads of characters living in the quantum realm, so maybe she wasn't by herself the whole time. Mm. Uh, Ghost... This is the weak, the weakest bit, I think. Um, so Ghost is wanting to steal the quantum energy to heal herself or something. Turns out Michelle Pfeiffer touches her face. Job done. <laughs> I think. Uh, the 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 thing is right. Like when when he, so when Hank, uh, Michael Douglas went into the quantum realm to save um, Janet, Michelle Pfeiffer's character. Yes, and when he found out she has some powers, she developed some powers, I knew from that instant that she was going to do something to help Ghost. Hmm. It was very predictable. Yeah, they had this story on that Ghost was trying to stop them from getting her out because she wanted to suck the powers out of the realm or something, but it all felt very deus ex machina. And even things like, even okay, even if you were, uh, say she's been in the quantum realm so she has the power to this, the fact that she immediately says, oh, I think I know what I need to do. It's like, how on earth do you know what you need to do? <laughs> I know, right? Ah, um, I think yeah. So Ghost was a big waste. I, I, cause I, there was one fight scene with Wasp. I thought, okay, this is fun. One, one of them can move through walls. One of them, or, or but kind of yeah, intangible or invisible. One of them can come big, small. That could be really interesting. And it really didn't feel like it was done as interestingly as it could have been. No, no there were some I, good good hits, but um, it, yeah, I think all of Ghost fight scenes could be much better for someone who yeah. can do it, be intangible and invisible. Could we die much better? Yeah, I know we've everyone's kind of been saying yeah, Marvel has a villain problem that yes, villains are quite forgettable, quite disposable. Um, unless it's we go to see, yeah, so I know we got um, uh, Red Red Face, what's his name? Red Mask, Red, Ooh. the one in Captain America who came back in Red Skull, Red Skull. So we obviously he came back, although it seemed to be a bit of fan service, but yeah. The, a lot of them they're kind of there for a, a film they, they either get killed off or or just disappear 
And so unless they're going to do, right, they're, they're all teaming up now. I, I don't know whether the ghost is going to be on the team now or not. My suspicion is not. Um, not least because I don't think she's got any powers left, does she? <laughs> no, no, not really. And why does she want to be a bad guy now? I thought she's good now. Yeah, so I was wondering whether they're going to, she, whether they're going to say, right, you're now on board. But they've already got Hope and Janet and Scott and Hank. And yeah, she doesn't really have anything. It, it just, yeah, very disposable. Um, Extremely disposable. So the, the quantum realm, the, there's, there's theories that the quantum realm is going to play a big part in uh, Infinity War 2, or what they're going to call it. Well, well, given how powerful the quantum realm is, hmm. like it can do anything. There's time and space and there's some healing healing stuff in it as well. Okay. Yeah, healing pouches in it. Yeah, you can, you can pretty much do anything. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised, especially given the post-credit scene as well. Let's talk post-credit scene. Yeah, that's the um, post credit scene. We see uh, Scott going back into the quantum realm. Yes. So for those who don't know what a quantum realm is, and we've been mouthing that a lot, quantum realm is basically as small as you can get. Which in the both Hope and and briefly Scott got there by just shrinking. Shrinking. Yeah. Whereas now you can get in there through some funnel thing they built yep. using science. Yes, um, you do. So he's down so, there. Looking for looking for quantum power or something. <laughs> so for some healing particles, that's what I heard. Okay. That's why I got that from. Uh, and then back on real reality. What, real reality, yes. Real yes. reality. My favorite. Yeah. My favorite reality. Yeah. So Hank, uh, Janet, and Hope all turn into ash. I called into- it. I called it for those people who remember on this podcast. I said I reckon that uh, that Hope is going to disappear in a post credit scene. I nailed it. I believe I recorded myself and, and included it in a podcast. Do you remember that happening? No. No? Brilliant. Well, it, it did. I claimed it. I'm claiming it. <laughs> well done, I'm Colin. a genius. Uh, yeah. So he's stuck in this quantum realm, which has time travel involved somehow, so I imagine they'll get out using time travel or something. I don't know. Probably yeah. Captain Marvel will find him. Yeah, well, I was thinking maybe Doctor Strange, but... Uh, no, no, he's, oh, he's, he's gone as well, isn't he? Doctor Strange. Uh, so it won't be him. Okay. Well, Captain Marvel needs to come to the present, right? Maybe that's, where she, maybe that's where she is. Maybe she's in the quantum realm. Yeah, floating around. Hmm. Uh, yes, because she's come out of So that'll be... Um, well, we'll see what happens there. Um, if you are watching this film, and if, sorry, if you haven't yet watched this film, for some reason you've listened to the spoilers part, don't sit through the credits. I didn't. Did you not? Good man. No. I did. I didn't. I went out and Googled what the last scene was. I was like, thank goodness I didn't sit through the credits. The last scene is a shot of a large human-sized ant playing the drums. A shot that we have already seen in the trailer. <laughs> and in fact, seen from a different angle earlier in that film. It is now my number one worst post credits. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from that, I did say... Ant-Man and the Wasp will return, and then a question mark appeared afterwards. So that was a, that was quite fun. Ah, uh, you must be so pleased about yourself. Uh, I, 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 I don't think she's listening, but I'll take this opportunity to apologise to Anna, who was with me, uh, and who I made sit through these. Right. <laughs> uh, so there you go. That's Ant-Man. I've got nothing else to say. I've got nothing else to say too. Um, yes, just not. Yeah. It's yeah, bottom half. And now we've got a long, long, long wait till uh till Captain Marvel. When is it out? Uh 
February, March. March. Oh, February, March. One of those. Um, what are we well, going to do, Colin? We're going to have to watch Aquaman. That's what we're going to do. How do we sustain our... We're going to have to... I'm, and I'm sorry about this. We're going to have to watch Venom. Um, yeah. Uh, the lengths we do for our listeners... Venom's going, to be go so, to. Venom's going to be so bad. Anyway, um, let's move on to the segments. Actor Factor, we bumped him from last week. It's the uh, it's everyone's favourite, Simon. Um, it's Sorry to my brother. Um, it's actor Simon Pegg. We're going to do Actor Factor. We talk about the films of Simon Pegg. Do I you, like Simon Pegg. There you oh, go. I, I like the films he's here in anyway. Like, um, we, are, we all have the Cornetto trilogy, which I think we've... We've talked about it a lot before, but yes, he's it's a great well, trilogy. Quiz about, yeah, it's yeah. a great trilogy. He is in he's in quite a lot of series. He's in the Star Trek series where he plays Scotty, he and he, he even wrote the last one. I think. Oh yeah, he did. Uh, maybe courage, but only wrote part of it. He's in the Mission Impossible series, as we spoke about in length. Yeah, uh, Benji, good name. Podcast, and he's also in the Ice Age series. Is he? Yeah, he voiced one of the characters. I've happily never seen any of the Ice Age films. So yeah, so uh, he is in quite a lot of series. So once you've crossed out all those series, have you seen any of his? Oh, he's in Star Wars as well, actually, but only only once. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and Ready Player One, which we did a whole podcast on. And that was the, my entire list <laughs> that we have all spoken about before. Great. Uh, do you want to pick a favorite there? Uh, I. The thing is, I really like the last Mission Impossible film. Yeah, so <laughs> I really do. Which is, and. If, so out of the Mission Impossible films that will be my favourite out of the Cornetto trilogy Shaun of the Dead is probably my favourite yeah, yeah yeah out of the non-Mission Impossible films it'll be Shaun of the Dead yeah I'm gonna say, Shaun of the Dead is probably my favourite of his um, I've seen a few others um, they're mostly bad so Big Nothing he does a terrible American accent uh, <laughs> it's him and David Schwimmer and Alice Eve I think it's David Schwimmer Yes, um, and they are murderers, basically. Um, it's fairly unpleasant. Uh, he was in a film called The Good Night, um, which is him, Martin Freeman, Gwyneth Paltrow, Danny DeVito, and Penelope Cruz. Um, yeah, Martin Freeman has lucid dreams about Penelope Cruz and tries to track her down. It's, it's a really bad film. Uh, Run, Fat Boy, Run, uh, which is directed by David Schwimmer. It's about a guy who enters a marathon. Mm-hmm. it's not as bad as some of these uh, half of these friends and alien people it's pretty bad um, the voice of the dawn treader he plays reaper cheap or voices reaper cheap oh he was it oh wow yeah he took over from Eddie Azard it is the worst of the Narnia films Cuban um, Fury he's uncredited in that that's where Nick Frost decides to learn Cuban dancing or something of with, course with Rashida Jones it's bad um, Man Up he bumps into Lake Bell or possibly vice versa and they have to pretend to be dating and then they fall in love it's pretty bad so there you go when he's not doing a series or franchise he makes bad films is um, that's the conclusion from Simon Pike unfortunately though so um, I'm going to say the worst of those is probably The Good Night um, on the basis that it's the only one that I've given away on DVD whereas the rest I've kept Uh, next time you chose Simon Pegg, didn't you? I did. Yes. So next time we are quiz not quizzing, we are looking at the films of Bryce Dallas Howard. Uh, right. Who we will also oh. discover has made a lot of franchise films. <laughs> okay. Uh, we move then on to the final segment um, of the podcast, which is the quiz on Mission Impossible. We talked about that a long last, lot last time. We're going to do I some know, Colin. I just, after going, trying to come up with quiz questions for this is difficult because 
I know you know a lot about <laughs> possible films after our talk, uh, after our podcast two weeks ago. Yes. So coming out of good questions was so difficult. So this is going to be tough. Yeah, I I'm going to give I, you a I, go to make it challenging for you. I'd chosen it before I realised quite how much you'd be talking about the other films. Uh, okay, I will ask the first question, which is, uh, which Oscar-winning actor was uncredited in Mission Impossible 2? Ah, uh, What? <laughs> I mean, he he was in it. He was he wasn't just not credited. A lot of Oscar-winning actors oh, were credited in Mission Impossible too. Uh, I wouldn't know this at all. I'm going to just simply guess an Oscar winner. Yes, he he didn't win it for this, obviously, but uh, yeah. Oscar they, winner. There you go. I even told you it's a man. Uh, Mission Impossible Two, right? Yes. Uh, George Clooney. No, um, Anthony Hopkins. Huh? Who do you play? Uh, he was the uh, head of the IMF. Um, they seem to have a different one in every film, most films. Oh, okay. So he was the second one. Oh, my question is going to be sound so easy compared to that now. My first question, Colin. That's quite easy does... if you've seen Mission Impossible 2, I guess. Um, <laughs> what does IMF stand for? Oh, that sounds like. Oh, that should be easy, but it's Impossible Mission Force? Yep. Oh, um, what is the name of the MacGuffin in Mission Impossible 3? That's the rabbit's foot. Very good. Yep. Because that's my question five. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> question two. Uh, arrange these countries in the order that they appear in the Mission Impossible series. Okay. You know, I like doing this. Right. Australia, right. China, yes. Czech Republic, France, India, Morocco. I have to write these down. <laughs> yeah, I think you should. There's six <laughs> you, films. You might need the... to. Uh, you might need to cut some of this out. Um, <laughs> so I've got uh, Australia, China, China. Czech Republic. Czech Republic. France. France. India, Morocco. India, Morocco. This is a tough question. Um, I know. I took a long time for me to come up with this. Uh, let me see. I, I've seen three of the films fairly recently. Um, I'm, I'm confident that Australia is the second one. Um, oh, fine. Let's just jump in. Uh, I'm going to say the first one is... Uh, Czech Republic. Stop me when I get one wrong. Okay. Uh, second one is Australia. Mm-hmm. Uh, third one is India. Wrong. Uh, third is China. China. Of course it is. Mm. Maggie, uh, Maggie Q was in it as well, so. Yeah, no, he was. He was running. He did. He did a great run in that one. They went to Shanghai. Uh, of course, yes, of course they did. Of course they did. Um, so the fourth is India when they ended in Mumbai oh yeah uh, the fifth one is in Morocco where they went to Casablanca and the sixth film was in France in Paris where most of the so it was so it was yeah. uh, okay question three for you um, what is the time signature of the theme tune most five, of the time it is 5-4 very good <laughs> <laughs> question three uh, what is the name of the character played by Jeremy Renner uh, Brandt yeah, that's William Brent. Uh, question four for you. Uh, the first Mission Impossible film was apparently the last major film to be released on what format? What? What format? Uh, the videotapes, I guess. Um, can you be see, more uh... precise? Oh my goodness. Is, I know those... Are they not called videotapes? Uh, it's, it's not the VHS. Um, Betamax. Oh, VHS. What's Betamax? You know what a Betamax? All right. No, what's Betamax? Um, you remember when there, there was a kind of a big Blu-ray versus HD um, competition a few years ago? HD DVD versus Blu-ray? 
Anyway, this was like the the, the VHS versus Betamax was the kind of I don't know eighties probably or seventies or so, okay. or maybe nineties. Who knows? Um, equivalent of that. Oh, cool. Uh, question four for me. So, what does Ghost Protocol mean? Um, it's what does it mean? It's the kind of contingency plan where the IMF has to go undercover and has no resources. Yeah, I guess that works. Yeah. Yeah. Um, great. Uh, final question for you to pull level. Um, what is Luther's surname? Uh, oh my goodness. Does it begin with V? It begins with V, doesn't it? No. Ah. You're thinking of Ving Rames, the actor. Oh yeah, it's Ving Rames. <laughs> no, I don't know. Uh, Stickle. Uh, of course his name is Stickle. Yes. But you feel stupid. Uh, you know the answer for question five anyway. Is it, is it the rabbit's foot? Uh, yeah. A glorious victory for me. Uh, uh, no surprise there, though. I gotta say, I was I was feeling pretty good about that. You usually have to, I should do lots of research and don't bother. This time I thought I know a lot of this stuff already. So uh, exactly, so that was pretty good. Uh, what are we quizzing on next time, Zian? So, uh, bad times at the El Royale is coming up, and it's written by and directed by Drew Goddard. Okay. So we're going to go through all of Drew Goddard films that he's written. Drew Goddard films he's written. Okay, I'm excited. Um, is he the guy who did uh, Daredevil? The uh, TV series. Isn't he the guy behind that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He is. Uh, and what is our main topic for next time? 2018 film. It is 2018 film, I think. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we'll look back on 10 years ago and I'll ask you what you're doing in 2008, um, as I always <sighs> like to start these things. So I'll give you a couple of weeks to prepare for that. Hey. <laughs> what a finish. Brilliant. Bye.